Hey y'all! Yo, it's 2.13 in the afternoon, and I'm reading, and I'm continuing the rest of the chapter. Hehe, <laughs> okay, I'll start now. And what, I know. Look there! Look there! Said Hagrid. See the stuff shining on the ground? Silver stuff? That's unicorn blood. There's a unicorn that's been hard battle this summer. This is the second time in a week. I found one dead last Wednesday. We're gonna try and find the poor thing. We might. Poor thing. We might have to put it out of its misery. And what if the. Whatever hurt the uniform finds us first? Said my father, unable to keep the. And what if the. Whatever hurt the unicorn finds us first? Said Malfoy, unable to keep the fear out of his voice. There's nothing that lives in the forest that hurts you if you try with me and a fang, said Hagrid. And keep to the power, right now. We're gonna split into two parties and follow the train in different directions. There's blood all over the place. It must have been staggering around since last night at least. I want fang, said Malfoy, quickly looking at fang's long teeth. Alright, but I warn ya, he's a coward, said Hagrid. So me, Harry, and Hermione will go one way, and Raiko, Marvel, and Fang go the other. Now, if any of us finds a unicorn, we'll send up green sparks, right? Get your wands out and practice now. That's it. And if anyone gets in trouble, send up red sparks, and we'll come on and find ya. <laughs> I'm not doing Hagrid's voice right now. Ah, we come and find ya. So be careful, let's go. XO! Let's go in Japanese. I like, I like the anime. The forest is black and silent. A little way into it, they reached a fork in the earth path, that, and Harry, Hermione, and Hagrid reached to the left path, while Malfoy, Neville, and Fang to the right. They walked in silence, their eyes on the ground. Every now and then, a ray of moonlight, moonlight through the moon, moonlight through the branches above lit a spot of silver blue blur on the fallen leaves. Harry saw Hagrid look very worried. Could a werewolf be killed? Could a werewolf be killing the unicorns? Harry asked. Not fast enough, said Hagrid. It's not easy to catch a unicorn. They're powerful magic creatures. Never knew one to be hurt before. They walked past a mossy tree stump. Harry could hear running water. There must be a stream somewhere close by. There are still spots of unicorn blood here and there along the winding path. You alright, Hermione? Hagrid whispered. Don't worry. It can't have gone that far if it's this badly hurt, and then we'll be able to get behind the tree. Hagrid seized Harry and Hermione and hoisted them on the path behind a towering oak. He pulled out an arrow and fitted it into his crossbow, raising it ready to fire. The three of them listened. Something was slithering over dead leaves nearby. It sounded like a cloak trailing over the ground. Hagrid was squinting up the dark path, but after a few seconds, the sound faded away. I knew it, he murmured. There's someone in here, it shouldn't be. A werewolf? I suggested. That wasn't no werewolf, and it was no unicorn either. He said, um, neither, said Hagrid grimly. Right, follow me, but careful now. They walked more carefully, slowly. He was straining for the faintest sound. Suddenly, in the clearing ahead, someone definitely, something definitely moved. Who's there? Hagrid called. Show yourself, I'm armed. And into the clearing came. Was it a man? Or a horse? To the waist, a man with red hair and beard. 
Below that was a horse's gleaming chest and body with long reddish tail. Harry and Hermione's jaw dropped. Oh, it's you, Ronald, Staggered in relief. Oh, it's you, Ronald," said Hagrid in relief. How are you? He walked forward and shook the centaur's hand. Good evening to you, Hagrid. He had a deep, sorrowful look. Good evening to you, Hagrid, said Ronald. He had a deep, sorrowful voice. Where are you going to shoot me? Can't be too careful, Ronnie, said Hagrid, pant- patting his crossbow. There's somewhat bad looters in this forest. This is Harry Potter and Hermione Granger, by the way. Students up at the school. This is Ronnie. You two, he's a centaur. We noticed, said Hermione faintly. Good evening, said Ronan. Students, are you? And do you learn much up at school? Um, a bit, said Hermione timidly. A bit. Well, that's something, Ronan sighed. He flung back his head and stared at the sky. Mars is bright tonight. Yeah, said Agnes, glancing up too. Listen, I'm glad we run into you, Ronan, because there's a unicorn been hurt. You see anything? Ronan didn't answer immediately. He stared unblinkingly upwards, then sighed again. Oh, we are the innocent of the first victims, he said. So it has been for ages past, so it is now. Yeah, said Hagrid. But have you seen anything? Anything unusual? Mars is bright tonight, Ronan repeated while Hagrid watched him impatiently. Unusually bright. Yeah, but I was meaning anything unusual about your home, <laughs> said Hagrid. So you haven't noticed anything strange? Yet again, Ronan took a wild answer. At last, he said, The forest hides many secrets. A movement in the trees behind Ronan made Hagrid raise his bow again, but it was only a second centaur, black hair and bodied, and wilder looking than Ronan. Hello, Bane! Hello, Bane! said Hagrid. All right. Good evening, Howard. No, yeah, give him some good words. Bane, right? I mean, Bane's little. It's kind of important. Art is important to other people in this. Bane, 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 bruh. He comes in the Order of the Phoenix. Um, let's see. Good evening. Good evening, Howard. I hope you are well. Well enough. Look, I've just been asking Ronan. You see anything odd in here lately? Oh, he has a unicorn Beninja. What do you know on them? What do you know on anything about it? Bean walked over the stand next to Ronan. He looked skywards. Ma Mars is bright tonight, he said simply. We are, said Hagrid grumpily. Well, if either of you do see anything, let me know, won't you? We'll be off then. Harry and Hermione followed him out of the clearing, staring over their shoulders at Ronan and Bane until the trees blocked their view. Never, said Hagrid irritably. Try and guess, wait answer or slanter. Right, stargazers, not in. Sorry, stargazers, not interested in anything closer than the moon. Are there many of them in here? asked Hermione. Oh, a fair few. Keep themselves to themselves to themselves mostly, but they're good enough about turning up in a very worn world. They're deep minds and toss, no, deep minds and toss. They know things, just don't let on much. You think that was the center we heard earlier? said Harry. 
Does that sound like ghosts, yeah? Nah. If you ask me, that's what I've been killing the unicorns. Never heard anything like it before. They walked into the dense dark trees. Harry kept looking nervously over his shoulder. He had a nasty feeling they were being watched. He was very glad that he they had Hagrid and his crossbow with him. They had just passed the bend in the path when Hagrid, Hermione grabbed Hagrid's arm. Hagrid, look! Red sparks! The others are in trouble! You two wait here! You two wait here! Hagrid shouted. Stay on the path! I'll come back for you! Excuse me. They heard him crashing away through the undergrowth and stood looking at each other, very scared, until they wouldn't, couldn't hear anything but the rustling of leaves around them. You don't think they will hurt, do you? whispered Hermione. I don't care if her Malfoy has, but something got never. It's our fault he's here in the first place. The minutes dragged by. Their ears seemed sharper than usual. Harry seemed to be picking up every sound of the wind, every crackling twig. What was going on? Where were the others? At last, a great crunching noise announced Hagrid's return. Malfoy never let Fang bear with him. Hagrid was fuming. Malfoy, it seemed, had sneaked up behind Neville and grabbed him for a joke. Neville had panicked up and sent up sparks. Spanked and sent up sparks. Not panicked up and sent up sparks. Because I notice in an audiobook, you know, you hear like every single thing I say. And it's very annoying because in normal speech, nobody really cares. But in an audiobook, when you're really, like, really listening to the thing, it's everybody will listen to the most common mistakes ever made by man. So, it's so stupid. Like, um, uh, um, there's this um, uh, person who does audiobooks. Her name is Monica Hagen. She's amazing at them. Like, um, uh, she has her own personal records. And, um, like, um, there's one little mistake she made. And that, um, um, that changed the entire last time. And it's so annoying because... You don't expect mistakes to happen, but it'll still happen because speech is speech, right? And then... Ah! Henry, nobody's listening to my thing. My little, little thing, because nobody really cares. <laughs> Except two friends. Uh, who are my... Uh, sorry, not Aurelia. Aurelia and... Um, Kaya, uh, Kaya, sorry. I, sorry, I said that wrong. I said that. Anyway, they're, they're really, really good. Uh, Really, really nice, and they're still listening to my awful speech, so shout out to them. Yee-hee. Hey, uh, where was I? Never had panic trips and, and send up sparks. We'll be lucky to catch anything now with the racket you two are making. Right, we're changing ropes. Now, you stay with me and Hermione. How you go with Fang and this idiot? I'm sorry. Harry had added in his whisper to Harry. But he had a hard time frightening you. And you got to get this done. So Harry set out in the heart of the forest with Malfoy and half hang. They walked for nearly half an hour, deeper and deeper into the forest, until the path becomes almost impossible to follow because the trees are so thick. Harry thought the blood was seeming to be getting thicker. There were splashes on the roots of a tree, as though the poor creature had been thrashing around in pain close by. Harry looked at it, could see a clearing ahead through the tangled branches of an ancient oak. Look, he murmured, holding out his arm to stop Malfoy. Something bright white was gleaming on the ground. They inched closer. 
It was a unicorn, alright, and was dead. I had never seen anything so beautiful and sad. Its long, slender legs were stuck out at odd angles where it had fallen and its mane was spread purely white on the dark leaves. I had taken one step towards it with a slithering, when a slithering sound made him, made him freeze where he stood. A bush on the side of the clearing quivered. Then out of the shadows, a hooded figure came crawling across the ground like some stalking beast. Harry, Malfoy and Fang stood transfixed. Excuse me. That was a loud, loud burp. I think you guys must have heard it. Anyway. Ah, come on, focus, focus, my little Then, out of the shadows, a hooded figure came crawling across the ground like some stalking beast. Harry, Malfoy and Fang stood transfixed. The cloaked figure reached the unicorn. It lowered its head over the wound in the animal's side and began to drink its blood. <coughs> Malfoy let out a terrible scream and bolted. So did Fang. The hooded figure raised his head and looked right at Harry. Unicorn blood was dribbling down its front. He got to its feet and came swiftly towards him. He couldn't move for fear. Then a pain pierced his head like he'd never felt before. It was as though his ha- scar was on fire. Half blinded, he staggered back, as though his scar uh, staggered backwards. He heard hooves behind him, galloping, and something jumped clean over him, charging at the figure. The pain in Harry's head was so bad he fell to his knees. It took a minute or two to pass. When he looked up, the figure had gone. A centaur was standing over him, not Ronan or Ben. This one looked younger. He had a white blood, blonde hair, and a palomino. Palomino body. Are you alright? said the centaur, pulling Harry to his feet. Yes, thank you. What was that? The centaur didn't answer. He had astonishingly blue eyes, like pale sapphires. He looked carefully at Harry, his eyes lingering on the his eyes lingering on the scar which stood out, livid on Harry's forehead. You are the potter boy, he said. You had better go back to Hagrid. The forest is not safe at this time, especially for you. Can you ride? It will be quicker this way. My name is Ferenc. See, I have a friend who says it is Ferenc. I say it's Ferenc. Not sure. No, I think she says said something. Ferenc. No, Ferenc. Something like that. Yeah. My name is Ferenc. Ferenzi. He added as he lowered himself to his front leg so that Harry could climb onto his back. There was suddenly a sound of more galloping from the other side of the clearing. Ronan and Bane came, Bane came bursting through the trees, their flanks heaving and sweaty. Ferenc! Bane thundered. What are you doing? You have a human on your back. Have you no shame? Are you a common mule? Do you realize who this is? said Ferenc. This is the Potter boy. The quicker he leaves this forest, the better. What have you been telling him? growled Bane. Remember, Ferenc, we have sworn not to set ourselves against the heavens. Have we not read what is to come in the movements of the planets? Ronan paused, paused the ground nervously. I'm sure Ferenc thought, I'm sure Ferenc thought he was acting for the best, he said in his gloomy voice. Bane kicked his back legs in her anger. For the best? What is he? What is <laughs> What is that to do with us? 
Santas are concerned with honors being foretold. It's not our business to run around like donkeys out of strange humans in the forest. Prince suddenly reared on his hind legs in anger so that Harry to grab his shoulders to stay on. Do you not see that unicorn? Prince bellowed Bane. Do you not understand why he was killed? Or has the planets not let you in that secret? I set myself against what is lurking on the Swarren's Bane. Yes, the human alongside me if I must. And Ferenc whisked around with Harry clutching on as best as he could. They plunged off in tree, into the trees, leaving Ronan and Bane behind them. Harry didn't have a clue what was going on. Why is Bane so angry, he asked. What was that thing that saved me? That he saved me from anyway? Ferenc slowed down to a walk. Warned Harry, warned Harry to keep his head bowed in case of low-hanging branches, but did not answer Harry's question. They made their way through the trees in silence, for so long that Harry thought that Ferenc didn't want to talk to him anymore. They were passing through a particularly dense patch of trees, however, when Ferenc suddenly stopped. Harry Potter, do you know what unicorn blood is used for? No, said Harry, startled by the odd question. We've only used the horn and the tail in the uh, tail hairs and portions. That is because it's a monstrous thing to slay a unicorn. Monstrous thing. To slay a unicorn, said Ferenc. Only one who has nothing to lose and everything to gain would come into such a crime. The blood of a unicorn will keep you alive, even if you're an inch from death, but at a terrible price. You have stained something so pure and defenseless to save yourself, and you'll have but a half-life, a cursed life from the moment the blood touches your lips. Harry stared at the back of Ferenc's head, which was dappled silver in the moonlight. But who'd be that desperate? He wondered aloud. If you're going to be cursed forever, that's better, isn't it? It is, Finns agreed. Unless all you need is to stay alive long, alive long enough to drink something else. Something that will bring you back to full strength and power. Something that will mean you can never die. Mr. Potter, do you know what is, do you know what is hidden in the school at this very moment? The Philosopher's Stone. Of course, the elixir of life, but I don't understand who... Can you think of nobody who's waited many years to do down to power? Who has clung on to life, awaiting their chance? It was though as an iron fist had clenched suddenly around Harry's heart. Over the rustling of leaves, he seemed to hear once more what Harry told him on the night they had met. Some say he died. God's wall up in my opinion. Don't know if he had enough human life in him to die. Do you mean... Harry croaked... That was what Hi, Harry, are you alright? Hermione was trying towards them down the path. Harry puffing along behind him. I'm fine, said Harry, hardly knowing what he was saying. The unicorn's dead, Harry. It's in the clearing bathroom. This is where I leave you, Prince murmured as Harry hurried off to examine the unicorn. You are safe now. Harry slid off his back. Good luck, Harry Potter, said Ferenc. The planets have been very wrongly before now. Even by centaurs. I hope this is one of those times. He turned and climbed back into the depths of the forest, leaving Harry shivering behind him. Behind him. Behind him. Can't you not hear me? Shit. I said it in such a dramatic, nice way. Sure. Ah, come on. Because the way is just going. And I naturally don't read, listen to this, so. I'm not sure if you guys can hear me if the way is like dead low. So it's really annoying if it's not coming out properly, okay?
like dead annoying. Ah, mm. the one thing that I actually get right. Huh? Ron had fallen asleep in the dark common room, waiting for them to return. He shouted something about Quidditch fouls, and Harry roughly shook him awake. In a matter of seconds, though, he was wide-eyed as Harry began to tell him and Hermione what had happened in the forest. Harry couldn't sit down. He paced up and down in front of the fire. He was still shaking. Snape wants a stone for Voldemort, and Voldemort's waiting in the forest. For under all this time, he thought Snape just wanted, wait one second, wanted to get rich. Stop saying the name," said Ron in a terrified. No, stop saying the name," said Ron in a terrified. Oh my lanta! She's laughing. I I I balanced the hand sanitizer on the handle, and just tumbled over me. Anyway. Stop saying the name," said Ron in a terrified whisper, as if he thought Voldemort could hear them. Harry wasn't listening. Finn saved me, but he shouldn't have done. Bean was furious. He was talking about interfering with what the plans saying was going to happen. I was sure what Voldemort's coming back. Bean thinks Finn should. They must show that Voldemort's coming back. Bean thinks Finn should have let Voldemort kill me. I suppose that's what was in the stars as well. Will you stop saying the name? On hissed. So all I gotta wait now is for Snape to steal the stone. Harry said, went out feverishly. Then what won't be able to come back? Finish me off. I suppose Bane will be happy. Hermione looked very frightened, but she had wa- she had a word of comfort. Harry, everyone says Dumbledore is the only one you know who was ever ever afraid of. With Dumbledore around, you know who won't touch you. Anyway, who says the centaurs are right? It sounds like fortune telling to me. And Professor McGonagall says it's a very imprecise ma- branch of magic. The sky had turned light before they had stopped talking. They went to bed exhausted. Their throats sore, sore, but the night surprises went over. When Harry pulled back his sheets, he found his invisibility cloak tucked folded neatly underneath them. There was an open to it, just in case.